Hello again, Bears fans, and welcome into We Are Regal Radio's three and out series where we give you three major takeaways from every single Bears game played. And this past Sunday, the Bears got themselves a, another victory, moving them to 5-1 and one over the Carolina Panthers. They win that one in Carolina. And with that, let's just get right into our three takeaways and start with the first one. Uh, let's, let's be really positive here for the start. The Bears are now 5-1. and one. And really, for the first six weeks, you can kind of throw away whatever happened in that point. I mean, obviously, we know the flaws of this team. We know the strengths, the weaknesses, what areas are probably more realistic for improvement versus others, because we also have to take into account how... Uh, the Bears have been really with the naggy regime, but the pace naggy regime. So, for example, the offense being broken, which we'll get into more later on. Uh, there hasn't been a ton of improvement there really in the history of the Bears. So, uh, I don't know if it's realistic to just say, oh, they're going to turn around and become a really good or really solid offensive team moving forward. Probably not realistic, but there are definitely ways that the offense can get better. There are definitely ways that the team can get a little bit better. The ceiling uh, for the Bears is probably pretty close to where they're at right now, but I think there's still definitely some room. And being 5-1, and one, they move to second overall in the NFC. They trail the Seahawks for the number one overall seed. Uh, by one game and obviously still very very early to go into too much playoff talk but at five and one uh there's only like i said one team better than the bears right now and that's the seahawks in the nfc at five and oh there is three other teams that have four wins the buccaneers the packers and the rams uh, the Bears already have a tie-break victory over the Buccaneers. They will play the Los Angeles Rams this coming Monday night. If they were to somehow beat the Rams and get a tie-break there, they would have a chance to get a tie-break with, obviously, Green Bay later on in the season when they play them twice. So a lot of positive uh, secondary points to their 5-1 record because they're really in the driver's seat, not just by winning five of their first six games, but they're they're winning some good tie breaks and there's still teams that obviously are going to come on later uh, that probably haven't risen up quite yet but we are getting to that point in the year where teams are kind of showing you who they are and uh, certainly some teams are going to change a little bit and you never know when a team might get potentially really hot but it's looking more and more like the Chicago Bears with that extra playoff spot in the NFC are going to be able to punch their ticket into the playoffs. And when you think about breaking down the season, now six games done, there's 10 games left. If the Bears can find a way to go 5-5 five and five over their next 10, that'll put them at 10-6. and six. You're really in the driver's seat. And with a lot of still winnable games ahead on the Bears' schedule, they present themselves a great opportunity to get a wildcard spot at the minimum. But... The other real positive development was the fact that the Packers lost so handily to the Buccaneers, a team that the Bears beat, that they took over control of the NFC North. At this point in time, the Bears are definitely cashing in on their hot start. Uh, 
little bit of precaution moving forward, and we're going to find out a lot more about this Bears team over these next few weeks, moving uh, into week seven, eight, and nine, where they'll play the Rams, the Saints, and the Titans. Titans undefeated, and we just talked about how the Rams are off to a good start this year. The Saints are a playoff team if the playoffs started today. So without a doubt, if the Bears can find a way to go two and three over these next three weeks, they're going to be even more cemented into a playoff position. And probably we move on past do they make the playoffs, and now it's into seeding talk. But they very easily could lose these next three games. And if they were, you'd be back to five and four overall. I don't know if a lot of us would be talking about playoffs at that point. So definitely have to take care of business like they've been doing so far. And that's a a real positive regardless of the fact that on the field, it hasn't looked as pretty. Moving on to our second takeaway and another positive one. We're going to stay very positive, uh, at least here in the beginning. And uh, the focus is going to be the overall unit of the defense because Certainly, the talk around town, and we've talked about it here on We Are Regal Radio, or that's Davis Show with myself and Ken Davis. This Bears defense has taken a step back since 2018. It was very concerning last season, but it was explainable with the injuries and the amount of injuries that the Bears faced. I mean, losing Akeem Hicks for most of the year, losing Khalil Mack at different parts of the season, uh, you know, losing Danny Trevathan when he was playing at his still top level, a level that we haven't quite seen this year. So it was very refreshing to see the progress that this team has made defensively over the start of this year because it looked really ugly early on how bad they were at stopping the run, and it's still not perfect and still not pretty, but they've definitely improved in that area. And it's not so much a weakness, it's just a a vulnerability at least. Uh, You look at the secondary, I think Kyle Fuller's been playing great. Same with Eddie Jackson, looks a lot more comfortable in his spot of being more of a center fielder than in the box. Tayshawn Gibson, I think, has looked really solid overall as a complimentary safety to Eddie Jackson. And then you look at the kid, Jalen Johnson, who was picked on consistently by Teddy Bridgewater. He's going to learn from that experience for sure. But that one pass interference call against Jalen Johnson was really, really uh, pathetic, I thought, by by the officials. I don't know how they called that. I thought he was in great position, and he looked back towards the football. That should have been a play on, uh, I guess, everyone's going to point to him locking the hand but there's always a little bit of hand fighting and the key is are you fighting the receiver or are you fighting for position because you're looking at the football and you're trying to make a play and that's exactly what Jalen did so I would have thought that would be a no call and then later on in the Rams Sunday night game there was a pass interference call that I believe was taken away and it looked so much dirtier than Jalen Johnson's play that it just kind of shows, per usual with the NFL, one referee group makes these kind of pass interference call, the other referee group of another crew makes it this way. And that inconsistency is very frustrating, but the consistency that we've seen from the Bears' defense continuing to progress has been the opposite, and it's been extremely exciting because starting with Tampa, this pass rush, came on and it continued into Carolina. 
a lot of pressure with the front four and a lot of activity from Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Bilal Nichols, you know, guys that are really moving the quarterback and, and collapsing that pocket. Great to see, especially with the improvement of the secondary from week one to all the way now into week six. It just seems like they're getting better and better. Kyle Fuller almost made another terrific big-time hit and really probably should have been called. Uh, he got hit with a pass interference as well or a, a late hit on a defenseless receiver, however you want to call it. But uh, it, it, I thought it looked pretty clean. Uh, Danny Trevathan looked a lot more active overall. He was really running all over the field, and it just seemed like anytime there was a tackle being made, Danny Trevathan was one of the ones doing it. And he actually finished second for the Bears in tackles behind Roquan Smith, who I thought had another really good game and this time finished some big-time tackles, unlike Tampa Bay where he left a couple big tackles for losses out on the field by not executing the play. Uh, there's a lot of positives right now with this Bears defense, and you just feel like they can continue to grow. If Jalen Johnson continues to get better and more of a lockdown-type player, they have some really good secondary pieces. As I said before, Danny Trevathan looked a lot more engaged and fluid and moving well. So if he is that kind of player moving forward, that's going to be huge to go along with what Roquan Smith has continued to do each week. It, it's just exciting. It's exciting to see what this Bears defense can do. And they're not quite 2018 level, but they're starting to flirt with 2018 level. And you can see that, again, and we're going to talk about it in just a minute here. If they could get an offense that could really complement them and at least put up some points, I mean, the Bears are going to be tough to beat in October, November, December, even January, even February, if they're somehow able to get that far. But this defense is not a defense you want to play if you're anybody, and especially when you see how Tampa Bay just absolutely dominated Green Bay and for that Bears defense to hold that Buccaneers offense that's been scoring besides when they played the Bears, it just shows that they are a group that really can put the clamps on you and can really shut you down offensively, which makes the offensive woes for the Bears so, so frustrating. So with that, let's move to our third takeaway. And unfortunately, this is the negative one, and it's not too surprising. Uh, Going to focus in on the offense and it's really we don't have to go too much into it because a lot of the the mess that we've seen all year long and really a lot of the time under the Matt Nagy era ever since Nick Foles took over as starter starting with the Colts I mean this offense has just been very meh and it just a lot of mistakes all the way around I mean Nick Foles gets a, a, a I think a, a decent grade for how he played overall against the Panthers, but a huge uh, red mark against him was that inexplicable interception that he threw right after the Bears defense created a takeaway with an interception. I mean, what a just, just a terrible, terrible, terrible play by Nick Foles. And he has got to put some of those really just, what were you thinking decisions to bet? I mean, if you're going to be the game manager or the guy that, that can lead this team to a Super Bowl, uh, I'm putting air quotes around that, you've got to be able to be disciplined and make 
smart decisions all game long, especially if you're not the type that's going to be just slinging it downfield and creating a lot of big plays. And again, we saw some of the usual inaccuracies, uh, maybe just some of those poorly thrown balls, mistimed, uh, things that Nick has to definitely get better. I thought the run game with Dave Montgomery, I should say David Montgomery specifically, looked really, really good. Thought maybe that was his best game as a Bear. I mean, he was just making a lot of plays and making a whole lot of runs out of nothing and just reading the blocks well and really being patient and just just moving off his blockers. There was one play, and I believe it was in the third quarter, but it might have been the second. Either way, a, a defender came up on Jermaine Effetti and absolutely shed the block perfectly going inside. And David Montgomery, who was there at the at the moment, read it, saw it perfectly, saw that Jermaine Effetti was not going to hold inside leverage and just made a nice little jump cut to the outside and was able to get outside of him and I think pick up a, a good seven or eight yard run. That's the kind of stuff that you really want to see out of David Montgomery. So that was... A lot of uh, a lot of positivity from him as a runner and as a pass catcher. Uh, the receivers I thought had an okay day. You can't really go too negative on them. Tight ends, you know, a little bit more Cole Komet, which was nice, but the tight ends are still not a huge part of this offense, which we just keep hearing how that is so critical to Matt Nagy. It'd be great to see them get going a little bit more. The uh, the main bad, though, for this offense really came, I thought, from the play calling late from Matt Nagy, who, you know, he wanted to be very aggressive and win the game, which, again, I don't have a huge problem with as long as you've got players that can execute. And far too often this year and last year and even in 2018, his aggression late in games can cost you, and it hasn't for the most part for the Bears. Hopefully it won't moving forward, but some of those decisions to throw instead of run can really come back and bite them in the butt if they're not careful. And what Matt Nagy, I think, just has to be patient with is knowing you don't have Patrick Mahomes. You have to call a different type of game. And that goes back to committing to running the football, which overall the Bears ran the ball, but it felt like the running game wasn't uh, a primary concern. It was almost just like a secondary type action that they were getting some positive results. It has to be more of a core principle with their game plans and and how they attack teams because and not having a good run game with the way this offense can't score points and the way that this defense is is scary because with a run game this whole squad would move better. The defense would be more complemented. The offense would likely have less pressure on them to, to do things. But can they run the football even if Matt Nagy calls it with the way that this offensive line is blocking, which is very subpar, and the lack of resources that Ryan Pace put into this offensive line is starting to show its ugly head, especially losing James Daniels, their best offensive lineman. Now you're in a big hole because you have a, a lot of average guys. No one's really stepping up and becoming a really dependable, great offensive lineman, even if it's situational. I mean, I look at even Bobby Massey, who I've talked about, the right tackle. He hasn't even been run blocking 
in the type of fashion that we've become accustomed to with him. And Charles Leno, more penalties, more inefficiency. It just, this group has to find a way to be more impactful in games in a positive way for this Bears team overall, and especially that Bears offense. And even for Nick Foles, I mean, the pass protection isn't great with him. You want to take shots downfield? Well, you got to give your quarterback time. I mean, you need time to throw the ball downfield, and they're just not getting that either. So overall, we could talk about this game at nauseum, but this one felt more so like a standard Bears game that we've become accustomed to ever since Matt Nagy has taken over and really since 2019, where the offense just kind of gets by, scores, I guess, enough. Defense does everything and makes the huge plays that the offense needs and gets the short fields that the offense needs. But that's nothing new. We've been talking about that for weeks and years at this point. This was an opponent in Carolina that the Bears really should have dominated. We'll see if they can get back to the drawing board and improve some things and and try to get better for what will be a more quality opponent in the Los Angeles Rams this Monday night. So let's see, I guess, what this team can do Uh, A solid win, and you'll take the win, but it sure wasn't pretty.